Ho 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 ho! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Megavision Show. Today is December the second. What? We're in December, Chris. We're in December, twenty twenty one. Wow! And joining me this week, does he ride a red nosed reindeer? Does he turn up on his sleigh? I don't know for sure, but what I do know is that it's Chris Powell. Hey, Chris. Wow. Yo, how's it going? Back yeah, again. good, good, good. Yeah, back again. You were away for a week, but now you're back. Lovely stuff. Always welcome to have you here. Um, and as we go into the show, we've got some great stuff for you. We've got some hot and spicy news where we'll be discussing that very controversial virtual Sonic the Hedgehog concert with Steve Aoki that recently happened. And there's some very cool holly mega news which is the best news ever that chris powell will absolutely hate um plus a little later on we tried it a few weeks ago it didn't work we're going to try again we're going to try playing halo infinite beta online multiplayer so stay tuned for that and you can watch the carnage unfold but before we get on let's kick off the show Yes, welcome back, everybody. And uh, yeah, before we get into the show, um, let's just do our normal thing. We're going to talk about what we've been up to this week. So, Chris, how, buddy, what's been going on? We, you weren't here last week. Where were you? Very disappointed. You didn't give me a yeah, sick so note I, or anything. I, I was bummed out. Yeah, I was bummed out I wasn't able to be on the show. Uh, but it was for a good reason, because uh, my wife had uh, a couple of her siblings and their families come town oh, and stay okay. with us uh for over thanksgiving holiday so i think in, in total we had about 16 people in the house um maybe maybe a few more uh so yeah it was a it was a packed house and and <laughs> it definitely tested our septic system so this is weird graham like this new house i'm still trying to get used to this house uh and we've been having all sorts of you know various issues pop up that i've never had to deal with before this house that we live in was built in like 1737 Wow. And so it's even older than the house that I lived in before. Even older than America, and, uh, some might say. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's certainly one of some <laughs> one of the oldest houses that we have in New Jersey. I mean, or in this wow. area. I mean, early 1700s, uh, it's pretty old, right? Yeah. So anyway, there's just a lot of weird little things that I'm trying to still learn and get used to with the house, but... Uh, I've been having problems with our boiler. I've been having problems with our septic off and on, or our septic alarm, and it's just lots of weird little things. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I just knew that it, I was not going to be able to fit it all in uh, and also be able to do the uh, the show. So I appreciate uh, Scotty coming on the show and and uh, talking about some of that Ghostbuster stuff. I still haven't seen that yet, uh, and I really want to. Um, but I did watch something that i do want to talk about 8-bit christmas graham oh you've not Ooh. heard about this until i think i brought it up to you uh a little earlier right that is correct sir. so it just came out and it's basically it's it serves uh neil patrick harris uh, you're familiar with him That's of who. course yes yes how i met your mother big fan right. and i know of him from yeah. doogie hauser and harold and kumar there we go those are my references to him 
there's also uh, David Cross and Steve Zahn and, and a few others. It just released like this past week. Um, but the basic gist is uh, it revolves around Neil Patrick Harris and he's coming home from Christmas and he's talking to his daughter about the story of how he got uh, the NES on Christmas, like back in the Ooh, late 80s. Okay. Uh, and oh, you got to go, buddy. I'm on the podcast. Okay, come on. Um, <laughs> and oh, no. And so, uh, and yeah, and so it's, it's, it's kind of unfolding and, and that's basically like kind of the, the crux of it. And there's the way it unfolds from a story standpoint though, is a lot like, uh, the Christmas story. Okay. Where it, I mean, that's the, the basic story, right? How it's like, you're, he's trying to get this, you know, red rider gun. And, and that's the, 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 the prize at the end, but a lot of the story is told in a similar way with uh, how they did um, the Princess Bride. Oh, remember that one, uh, th- th- The Princess Bride is pretty much one of my favorite movies of all time. So, yes, sir, I remember. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you're in the camp who likes it because it seems like it's either they you hate or love the Princess Bride. There's, there's, really that, no that, that, there's, there's only two people in this world, Chris. Those that <laughs> love the Princess Bride. And people who are wrong. So there we go. That, that I've said it. Stamp of All approval. Right, there you go. <laughs> um, did you, now? Did you want? There's a. We've got a trailer for this. Did you want me to bring it up now, or should we wait? Um. Well, I mean, there's no point in waiting if we're not. Like, I don't know okay. We, we, we wait. For. I don't know. You may want to talk to me a bit more I, about I it. We gonna, we... Uh, I thought you were playing it while we while no, I was talking. Well, I, I didn't know when to kick it off. Do we want audio, or should I have no audio? No audio. No, no, no. Oh, no audio. Oh, so, how, how we know it's going to happen? I don't understand. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the trailer. So no, it's um, this movie was 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 okay. I I will say I I it was Odin really enjoyed it. I will say that he really liked it and. Oh, it's Chris. Chris is frozen. So let's just enjoy oh, the trailer. Oh, Chris is back. Okay, He's I'm back. back. Okay, I'm good. back. No, now I'm still here watching the, the thing. So, okay. it, but overall, I, I thought it was okay. It was it was fine. But I thought I I, I went into this thinking it was going to be a lot better than it was. I was a little let down. Okay, uh, it just it it felt like one of these like cheap Netflix movies that just they crap out all the time now. Um, and that's not to take anything really away from it. It just. I was expecting a little bit more is all. Okay. Uh, but Odin thought the kids were really funny. Uh, and I asked him, it was funny. I asked him what his rating was. And I think he said five out of 10. And then he was like, wait a second. I forgot that the dad from, uh, what was it? Um, from some movie, it was Steve Zahn. He's like, I forgot the dad from this movie was in it. So I'll give it a seven out of 10. So <laughs> that's how Odin rated it. Wow. So I guess he's Odin is also a big Steve Zahn fan, apparently. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. I know Steve Zahn, actually. Yeah. I just, re- I just worked out who he was talking about. I just saw him pop up in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, he's cool. But, <laughs> but yeah, he'll, he'll learn that boosting up a movie rating in your mind just because one person's in it, it's not so good. But I bet you would do that with Jackie Chan. Oh, no. Jackie absolutely. Chan. Yeah. Every Jackie Chan movie is gold. So, you know, just calm down there. Uh, <laughs> big, spoiler alert. No, I mean, not, it, not all his movies are that good. Yeah, I mean, some of the kids are actually there's there's some pretty funny uh, 
you know, acting with the, the kids are pretty good together and stuff. So there's there's some good bits here. I don't want to like crap on it or anything like that. I just uh, I just was expecting a little bit more. Okay, yeah. I but it's the fine. If you the want a good holiday cool. movie to watch, yeah, yeah. If you want a good holiday movie to watch, you know, uh, a new one, I guess. Uh, you can find uh, worse ones out there, I suppose. Sweet. So <laughs> I know it's not a glowing uh, <laughs> thing, uh, but yeah, it just it was okay. You know, it's just when I first saw it, I got really excited because uh, the trailer looks great. And I was like, man, a lot of what he says and and the um, you know. Neil Patrick Harris talking to his daughter, it described a lot of like how my Christmas experience was with the NES when I opened it up in the late right. 80s. So I was like, man, this is cool. It's gonna, I'm gonna kind of connect with it. And um, it just it just didn't hit with me. But Odin really liked it. So okay. that's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about a quick game uh that just came out. Uh it's called Clockwork Aquariogram. Ooh, ooh. And this one, um, I want you to play the video before I start talking. Anymore. Okay, so okay, <laughs> just, here we go. Just so it's, you know, it's coming up. Here we go. There we go. All right. And so what we're watching here is uh, Hatted Gamers uh, stream that he did, I think, yesterday on the Megavisions Twitch channel, which is uh, Twitch.tv/slash/Megavisions. Uh, but yeah, he played through the game and reviewed it. This game came out on November thirtieth. Uh, it cost twenty bucks. And it's released on the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4. Now, this game has a really cool history behind it. Uh, it was developed originally by West Stone Bit, uh, who has uh, gone on to has developed a lot of legendary games over the years. Uh, published by In-In Games and Strictly Limited Games. Uh, so, were you familiar with at all with, with Clockwork Aquario before, Graham? Um, I vaguely... I didn't. I didn't know about the history. I didn't realize like it was a going to be a, a uh, like its original history and stuff. So I heard about it more recently, and uh, I I do own it now on my Switch, but I didn't get it until I read the review uh, on the site. So uh, I don't know too much about it, and I've never I haven't played it yet. So yeah, yeah. So uh, just a little bit about the game. It was supposed to. It was developed in, in like the early '90s, around 1992. Uh, it was going to be released on the Sega uh, System 18 uh, arcade hardware. Um, and at the time, it was going to be like really, really, you know, pushing all the boundaries and stuff. As you can see, the game looks really great. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. this in 1992? Just keep that in mind. This would be um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. But um, apparently, it just didn't do very good in some of the location testing. Uh, and then, you know, you also had uh, the dawn of, of 3D games and stuff like that, which apparently led to its cancellation but uh in 2017 uh strictly limited games was able to get the rights from sega uh to be able to publish this uh and what's really cool about this uh graham i think we have uh an article on the website that had a gamer also wrote alex yeah is his actual name but uh he wrote uh because he reviewed this as you said but what's cool about this if if you go in and play the game, there is a gallery that you can take a look at. And uh, in the gallery, uh, there is a letter from Steve Snake, who at first I didn't realize who, even who he was. But um, let me just read the letter really quick, uh, especially for audio listeners. So I'll just read the whole thing. So it says, Dear Player, when I first started working on this game, nobody knew how much of it would even be possible to get it running again. I was determined that if it were possible, I was going to make it happen. 
What followed was a long, laborious task of hand deciphering binary files produced by many different long-lost applications, writing many new tools to deal with them and piecing back together what still remained of the game. Unfortunately, it soon became clear that there were indeed missing parts, mainly graphics, and in particular, all files relating to the sound were completely absent. Fortunately, the sound had been recorded for a soundtrack release long ago, so I was able to utilize those recordings in the game. The missing graphics were eventually recreated in the original style. Watching the game slowly come back to life was an incredible and rewarding experience. The feeling that I was looking at something only a handful of people had ever seen is something that's hard to explain. I'm therefore delighted that the whole world now gets to see this previously long lost gem, signed Steve Snake. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I was like, man, I know that name. Why is that name familiar? Uh, and I we started looking it up. And yeah, Steve Snake is apparently uh, one of the original or the original creator of uh, Kega Fusion, the Kega Fusion uh, or the Kega emulator, which has been around since seemingly for a really long time. I know I've, I've used that a lot over the years, um, but I had no idea that he was even associated at all with this game. And it's, yeah. it's really cool to see someone who's been, I guess, uh, you know, uh, a really important figure in the emulation scene for so long, um, have a hand at bringing this game that I think everyone I, I didn't know about this game. I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't very familiar like you, Graham, about this game until the news uh, came out uh, about this. Um, and then actually we did a, we, we did have some news when Weststone closed. I think we, we learned about the game a bit there too, but hmm. um, it's great to see that the game is finally out. Uh, it's, it's actually not out in the U S yet. It's out uh, on, it just released uh, what yesterday, the day before in the UK, uh, in Japan, I think it comes out later this week mm. uh, in the U.S. But I was able to get it because I have a Japanese um, PS4 account, and so um, it took a little bit Dang of uh, nice. remembering how to navigate all of that. Uh, but I was able to find it after about five or ten minutes, and I, <laughs> so I got it. But yeah, I mean, you guys, you have it now. Yep, I'm yeah. jealous. I, uh, just before the show, I downloaded it on my Switch, so I now have it. Uh, Chris is once again, even before it has begun, convinced me to buy something. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love to have it on my Switch. This game, it looks so good. I, I was mm. able to play through it earlier. Uh, it definitely, you can tell it is an arcade game. Um, the way it's, uh, you know, just the way it's structured uh, and, and everything. And so uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love the the way that how their signature uh, design of their, especially their enemy characters and how big and colorful they yeah. are. There's, it almost just looks like uh, toys like coming to life to me in a lot of a lot of ways, and it's so it's so great. I just I love the pixel art like this. It's yeah. just huge I'd, and massive. I love it. I'd love to see if this is the. I know they. I know in that letter, um, Steve sort of spoke about how. The they sort of the visual they had like they tried to recreate the visuals you know the long list graphics based on what was there but I'm wondering how much of this is actually what the original graphics look like because the graphics are amazing for its for what it would have been of its time of like ninety two I think it was aimed for at least ninety three ninety four or something these are insane these are really really good I can't even imagine this running on that hardware um, like it looks yeah, like a no, Saturn I mean, game to me like a yeah. <laughs> 
Man, I yeah. think this is probably what we could have. Uh, I mean, this would have been amazing. Could you imagine if uh, Sega just kept honing in and just focused on creating amazing like, 2D pixel art based mm. games, like going into the Saturn era and and yeah. not doing any of the 3D stuff? That would have been crazy. Yeah, we would, I, could have got the most amazing pixel art of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I know the Saturn was never very good at the 3D side of things, uh, but yeah, for 2D, it's amazing. So yeah, if we could have seen stuff like this, that'd be so cool. And this could have easily worked on Saturn, but man, um, yeah. I say that, I don't know anything on the technical side, just visually, it looks like it could have been on Saturn. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that yeah, I'm, not cool. familiar, yeah. I'm not too familiar with the, like the Sega System 18 uh, like arcade uh, the capabilities and how mm. like where it i i mean it, it was obviously it has it can't be as uh it wouldn't be as powerful as the saturn i would imagine because no. it was released before then so yeah anyway um anything yeah, so else, that's Chris? All, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty much all, all i've been doing what about you that's all you've been up to really okay cool um yeah, what, what well, did I have something else on here that I was? Supposed I thought to you did. Uh, no, you don't. Okay, never mind. For some reason I thought you did. Now <laughs> <laughs> you maybe you maybe questions like, wait, do I am I supposed to have more? Is, is that all you got? <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess okay. What have I been up to this week? I have been working. It's been insane. Like uh, Christmas period, sort of this November, December, basically anything from about August to the end of the year for me is just really busy um after black friday and stuff like there's uh, more promotions and stuff i have to do at work and it's just a bit of an insane time and um other than working it's actually been quite insane at work people are dropping like flies at the moment so um like on my team in particular like there's been a really bad string of luck um what one i'm not going to go into all the details because some of it's a bit personal but one, one guy one of his family members is in hospital um another guy got covid and he didn't realize it until just today i think it was he like he'd be he'd been feeling very under the weather working from home um i think he did test himself early on was negative they tested himself this morning he's like yeah i've got a positive response so i need to need to make sure like he's taking another proper test or something um another person on my team um She's been, I think she, she had, she had some illness in her family, not nothing too serious, but you know, kids at home. Mm-hmm. And then one of the kids was walking from home and got hit by a car. Um, what? yeah. Oh I know. And Jesus. apparently he's okay. Oh <laughs> like he, I was not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. It just like he was walking, he was walking across the crossing and apparently the light was green for him to walk. And it started to change as just as he got to the other side and this driver just went straight through and just hit him and drove off. Um, but the good thing is it was right on the school run home. So like um, there's loads of witnesses and stuff. And app- apparently what the driver had as like a school badge on the side of the car or something. Uh, and so they know what school the person's from. So they're, they're going to get him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, he uh, he was okay. He was like kind of a bit bruised up and stuff. But the next day he was actually feeling really bad. Um, so they had to take him to hospital and stuff. Um, so yeah. Wait, so they didn't take him to the hospital? Well, apparently, I think they were, wait, wait, no, okay. They did take him to hospital. <laughs> they took him to the hospital because okay, I think an ambulance okay. arrived because um, my friend, she wasn't there because he's, he's, he's in the secondary school. So he actually walks from home and stuff. Um, but yeah, she got called out and had to go and like go to the scene and stuff. He got taken to hospital. They checked him over and he seemed okay. Maybe they sort of said he could have a concussion, a bit banged up and bruised, but generally he's fine. But apparently the next day he actually started to feel really bad. So I had to take him back to hospital and be like, 
yeah, something's not right here. Um, but I think I think he's okay. I think it's just you know, um, just a bit battered. No, Jeez, no. I hope so. Poor kid. Yeah, yeah it's just like what? Uh, so I mean, yeah. it's hard enough just go to school all day, and then you you're walking home and you get hit by a car. Jeez, yeah, that's man, the worst. That, that sucks. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, yeah. I, I fingers crossed. Everything's okay. But yeah, just and yeah, then I have a friend who's got another kid in hospital. Um, like, yeah, just in the it's it's everyone's dropping like flies at work, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and I was ill for one day as well. Stay I had strong. a massive headache. Yeah, so it's yeah. I mean, my my my, my illness is nothing, but yeah, uh, it's it's all it's all a bit crazy out there. So yeah, that's work's been insane. People are dropping like flies. It's it's nuts. Um, in the meantime, however, I. Uh, I haven't got any pickups or anything, but I've been watching some stuff. So anyone who watched the show last week, um, I uh, Scotty was talking about the new Cowboy Bebop, uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop release on Netflix. So if you don't know, Cowboy Bebop is uh, was originally an anime from quite a, quite a while ago now. I don't know the, the exact date. But um, Netflix this year has released a live action version of it. Um, and Scotty was sort of saying how he... He doesn't like the the live action version because the anime is so good. Like in his mind, the anime is really, really good. It's like the anime to introduce people to anime. Um, but he said that if this show didn't have the Cowboy Bebop like names and characters and references, but kept all the story and stuff, he would probably enjoy it a lot more. Um, like because it is sort of meant to be Cowboy Bebop. He's like, it's not Cowboy Bebop. So I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. I said to him, I was going to watch the anime and then the Netflix show. He said, don't do that. Watch the Netflix show first, then the anime. And that's what I've been doing. So I haven't finished the series, but I've watched quite a few episodes. Um, and I will say this, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so cause I have nothing to reference it to. So I don't know what the, don't know what the anime is like. Um, as I said to Scotty last week, I know of the anime. If you showed me the characters, I'd know that's Cowboy Bebop and stuff, but I've never seen it. Um, but I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, some of the, the lines and script is a bit corny, um, but generally it's actually really good. I think the action scenes are very well shot because I'm quite into martial arts and I do get annoyed a lot of the time, especially like Hollywood movies when they try to do fight scenes and it's just too too choppy and changing and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right, yeah. And it just, it just annoys me. It's like, you don't know what's going on in the fight. This is not a good fight. It's like, it, to me, it's just lazy, you know, choreography and acting and yeah. direction. Most of the fight scenes in this have actually been very solid. Like, um, so very entertaining as well. Um, and the storyline so far has been pretty good. There was one storyline which actually shocked me because it was actually quite violent and brutal because the show's kind of a comedy, sort of take, takes the piss out of itself sort of thing and takes the piss out of the genre. Um, but yeah, this there was like one episode I was like, whoa, that's actually pretty brutal. Uh, the way some people died, I was like, wow. Um, hmm. But yeah, generally, I'm enjoying it. So I haven't finished it. Once I finish it, I'm then going to go and watch the anime and be like, and I fully expect myself to go, the anime is way better. Watch the anime. <laughs> but I'm going to see. Yeah, I feel bad because uh, like even my kids, they, I, I, we talk about it and they're like, oh, that that's supposed to be so bad. So I feel, mm. I feel kind of bad for them because it seems like that's the, the kind of just general uh belief that's just kind of prevalent that this show sucks yeah. now because of that um and i think it's just a, i think mostly it's backlash because people are like this is not that it's mm -hmm. not what i want it to be uh which which i don't know sucks for the people that made it yeah especially I if like scotty said if you just take that out 
uh, you know, remove the Cowboy Bebop and it's actually good action yeah. uh, film and or, or series or whatever. But um, no, it's it's good to hear that you're, you're liking it. I did watch most of the first episode and um, it was I liked what I saw. Yeah, uh, I didn't think it was crap, but uh, <laughs> I'm also not someone who uh, like is is super into Cowboy Bebop. I've seen it uh, and I, I, I like it fine, but I wasn't someone who's going to get upset over this film or yeah. series on Netflix being made. So. Cool. Yeah. I just realized I had the trailer in the background and I forgot to turn it on, but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of at the end of my Cowboy Bebop spiel, but there's well, Cowboy Bebop for you. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, actually, let's, let's turn that off. So the other thing that I've been watching, and I will bring the trailer up for this now, um, is, so, well, not watching. I saw it at the cinema last night. It is the eternals which is the latest marvel you know franchise um why is it why are the subtitles on go away subtitles thank you um so yeah um here's the thing this movie has been getting a lot of stick most people saying it's not very good um a lot of people I, a lot of people i know basically said it's not very good yeah so i went to cinema with my friend fully expecting this is this movie is going to be one of the subpar movies and i enjoyed every second of it i thought it was a great movie however isn't it like really long though it's pretty long but i didn't feel that however this is a juxtaposition the friend i went with she was like i did not enjoy that movie. like she was the exact opposite of me she was like it well she, well she was like it was fine but it was long the first half an hour she loved the last half an hour she loved the middle hour or so she didn't like She's like, I just found it very long-winded and boring. Me, on the other hand, I was like, I loved it. I loved the character progression. Because she was like, because it kind of tells a story of almost like 7,000 years on Earth, basically. And okay. it kind of does jump back and forward in time occasionally, like going to flashbacks and stuff. Um, and and she was like, I just didn't like that way of telling the story. I thought they could have done it better. And I was like, oh, I loved it. Every second of it, I loved it. And she was like, I didn't care about the characters. Like if they died or lived, I literally didn't care, and I was like, I loved it. Like there was, she was like, because there's like a few fight scenes. Obviously, and she was like, one of the scenes she was like, there's a fight in the woods, and she was like, I, I was just like, literally didn't care about this scene, and I was like, oh, I was on the edge of my seat. Like I thought someone's gonna die. Like what's gonna happen and stuff. Like I was really, really into it. Um, I'm not saying it's the best Marvel movie, by the way. I, I think there there are other ones out there that are way better, like Thor Ragnarok, Winter Soldier. They're more pinnacle this to me though is above the average line i'd say i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very unique take as well because the characters aren't like superheroes basically they i mean they're heroes to an extent but they're not like the normal traditional superheroes um and they can't really say much more without giving stuff away but the other thing is that um they aren't all powerful either so they each have their own sort of unique abilities and stuff there's like a guy a bit like superman which you can see on the screen now who can fly and shoot lasers from his eyes um, and he's a bit they're all a bit stronger than the average human and stuff but like um then none of them are like hulk strong or anything really right yeah um uh there's one guy who's actually really strong he that's his that's his power he's super strong basically um but yeah um the thing the thing i liked about it is that they get hurt they can they can get hurt they can be killed and stuff um by like not probably not by like the average human or anything but there's like these aliens that they're kind of de- trying to defend the earth from but they can get killed by them quite easily. So it sort of shows that they are vulnerable. 
and that's what I like. Mm. So the thing I've often said this on the podcast before, I think like some of the characters like Thor and Hulk, it's almost like anytime they're in a scene or a fight, they're fine. You know, they're going to win. They're not going to die. Hulk basically can't be killed. Thor's almost invincible as well. Well, yeah. you also <laughs> don't go into any of those movies. You know that none of those characters are going to die. Well, the, the, well, you know they're not going to die, but things like okay, like Captain America, for example, he gets wounded and stuff. You know, you see him get beaten the shit out of, and like, like in like mm. the first Avengers movie, there's a bit like where you can see he's just tired. He's like being beaten up. He's been he got like gets blown out the window of that bank or whatever he's in. Like, there's a bomb goes off, and he sort of uses his shield to protect himself. But he lands on a car, and he sort of gets up, and he's just like he's all beaten up. He's like, ah, oh, I can't go on. So you can sort of see in his eyes and stuff, like he's just defeated. He's he's worn out, and he's you know, injured and like Spider-Man as well can get injured and stuff. Like you, like you see in like Spider-Man two, like he gets really tied out and like beaten up and stuff. Um, so yeah, some, some superheroes, they're strong and they're powerful, but they, they are flawed and they, they can be defeated. And that's what I like. This is what these guys were like. They're like, uh, this cool group of people. And I thought the, also the acting, the, they've got an A-list cast of people in this as well, which doesn't necessarily sell a movie, but I thought they were all really good. And it wasn't a case that the most well-known people were the main people. They were more side people in this, but they were really good characters. And yeah, I, I all I can say is give the Eternals a chance because I actually, I thought it was very good. I thought it was different to the other Marvel movies. Like it's, it, it's not my favorite, but it's, it's a different way of telling a story. And there's more, um, I guess, more morality, like stuff in within it and stuff rather than being like the good guys are purely good. There's more stuff in this which kind of made you think, oh, are they doing the right thing? And, you know, um, there is, however, a couple of twists in it. And one of the twists I saw near the beginning, like someone said something. And I was like, X is going to happen. Like, I, I don't want to ruin anything, but there's someone, someone said one one line. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and then like later in the movie, it happened. I was like, I knew it. I bloody knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to say Eternals. Better than what people have been saying. There we go. <laughs> but not, not much better. I, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say. Well, compared to some people have been saying it's just terrible. It's not a terrible movie by any any stretch of imagination. Like maybe people are just desensitized to like what terrible movies are or something because there've been so many good ones out there. Um, but, I think there's been a lot of bad ones out there. Yeah, true. Especially yeah. Now, like on Netflix and all these other stuff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, um, I, I just think for a Marvel, if you enjoy the Marvel movies and the franchise, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I think actually, sorry, I'll say it as well. If you just enjoy sci-fi sort of movies and you don't care about the Marvel franchise, watch this as well because it's it's almost this movie can stand on its own because it it almost doesn't tie at all into any of the Marvel movies yet, as it were. Like, there's no like they make they reference sort of the Avengers at one point. But there's no crossover characters or like big scenes or anything which relate to the other movies so you can just watch this on its own if you, if you wanted to so yeah well chris go and watch it yeah <laughs> it's long i don't hand three hours that's a long time is it three hours oh, it, didn't, it didn't feel three hours i think, I think it's it's i think it's maybe more than three hours I, it's long wow okay uh i don't know maybe i'll maybe one of these i'll get to it one of these days I should try to think what time I finished. Like 29, 20, 20, Yeah, it probably is about three hours, actually. Now I've just said that. Uh, at least two and a half, I think. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, cool. With that, Chris, shall we move into, um, I guess, one of the main, the main bits of the show? You up for that? The news of the week? 
Let's go into the news of the week. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm not going to do an intro for this one, so let's just uh, let's just crack on. Uh, okay. Actually, well, no, we're going to do the releases first, and then we can do the news of the week. Yes. Yeah? Let's do the releases okay. first. We're going to do the releases first. So, Chris, buddy, I'm going to let you take this away. All right. So on the PlayStation 4, there are 10 releases. Uh, mm. And the highlights of this, uh, we have Arcade Archives, which these are always like really cool little releases. They're um, not meant to, to be big games, but uh, they're really cheap. $7.99. This, is, this week's release is Fozon. And it's a, this is an arcade game that was released uh, by Namco in Japan. Uh, and it's based on the science. It's basically, basically chemistry. Uh, and it was one of the first games from the company that was uh, basically uh, exclusive to Japan um, back in the 80s. So okay. this is one of the first times, I guess, that Fozone has been available outside of Japan, I guess, through official means uh, as a port. So that's pretty cool there. Uh, there's also Deer Simulator, which I played this last week uh, on Xbox. Uh, because uh, or earlier in the week because uh, it's on Game Pass and this is a crazy game where uh, you you basically uh, try to save a deer. The game starts out with a like a cutscene and it's really funny where you're walking and you see this deer about to get hit by a car. You run out and jump and push the deer out of the way, but then you get hit and you die and you get resurrected. I guess as a deer in this city, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. The deer can elongate his head and to like reach things and then you can like transform your horns into guns at some point oh wow it, it's just it's one of these like crazy kind of sandbox games but so it's a bit like goat uh, simulator in a way yeah it's a lot like those type okay of games. yeah so so uh so you kind of get it there but um it, it looks just wild and and, and crazy I, I played it a little bit uh like i said but uh it's out on playstation 4 now so Ooh, very good very good and uh, is it called is it called deer simulator or deer simulator because that's what got written down here um i'm gonna let you call it the way you want to graham okay deer simulator there, we go. <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh and then on uh the playstation 5 we didn't have any any uh exclusive Ooh. releases this week on switch we have 20 releases and there is a lot of them and so instead of going down the list, I thought it'd be more fun to pick a couple of them that are just really generic sounding. And instead of telling you about them, Graham, I want you to give me what you think <laughs> these games would be about. Okay. Uh, just okay. give me your me. synopsis, your elevator pitch for what this is. Okay. 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 The first game is Cabin Fever. This Cabin is released on the Switch Fever. this past week. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Cabin Fever. So basically, you are a flight attendant on a plane in the cabin, if you will. Um, and um, everyone's got COVID and you've got to try or you've got to try and stop people getting COVID. Maybe maybe that's what it is. And if everyone gets COVID on the plane, it's game over. So maybe that's what it is. That's the cabin fever. Um, you know what? You're actually pretty close. Oh, really? No, no way. OK, right. Okay, what is it? <laughs> Cabin Fever is a sweet, funny, romantic visual novel that's sure to give you all the feels. Experience a budding friendship and a blossoming romance as you open up, make choices, and explore multiple endings. The world may seem bitter and bleak, but your story doesn't have to be. Don't get COVID. <laughs> is that what it says at the no, end? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I'm not close at all. That's what you're saying. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought I thought you were going to say yeah, you're on a plane, you have to make find romance or something. Oh god damn it! Okay, right. Okay, yeah, I, fa- I failed on that one. Uh, although, right, could could my maybe, one work in this modern day? Maybe it could. I don't know. Maybe, okay, <laughs> well, well, let's let's. I will give you another try. Yeah. All right. The next game is Mind Scanners, Graham. This is mind another new release scanners. this past week. So, mind. Oh scanners. wow. Okay. Um, so it's it's a, a romantic game. Uh, I think it's going to be like one of those sort of Japanese love sort of games. And the whole idea is you need to find your perfect match. And what you do is uh, you're like a high school kid or something. And all the, all the, the sexy anime girls that you, you want to hit up, you scan their mind and then you go into their mind and then you have to do something that uh, like you go into like their crazy brains or whatever. And you've got to try and do something or work out, like do something in their minds, like a platformer or something and then when like you get a little bit of psychonauts something in possibly there? like psychonauts yeah and then right, like and kind of maybe once you jump out of their brain you can work out if they're the one for you or if they're not the one for you and you got to try and find the love of your life mind scanners again you you um if this were golf you'd be really close Damn you'd right. be close to par with this one so here <laughs> I'll, I'll uh I'll, I'll read you the official Synopsis. So Mind Scanners is a retro-futuristic psychiatry simulation in which you diagnose the citizens of a dystopian metropolis, locate a host of otherworldly characters, and use arcade-style treatment devices to help them. Manage your time and resources to keep the structure in balance. Remember, you take full responsibility for your patients. Oh, wow. Okay. So my game's way better. <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know either. are there any more any more crazy ones on there oh there's plenty more but we, oh, okay. we, that's that's enough for for this week Fair but, enough. Um, okay I like there'll it. be oh, yeah. plenty there'll be plenty next week i'll just throw out a couple other ones because i mean there are so many more bad like just weird generic games uh there's farm quest oh garden of lore little bug and night lights just I to like name it. a few. Oh, and Robo Shark Rampage. I see that on the list. Well, that actually sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound, it does sound uh, awesome. But farm, so, I'm just going to do it very quickly. Farm Quest is clearly a, a story about a guy trying to find a farm. Farm Quest. There you go. <laughs> Maybe one day he'll find his, his yeah, farm. Yeah. On Xbox, we have 11 releases. Ooh, uh, so oof. there's a lot of stuff here. Um, but I'll talk about a couple of them. And one, it's been... I've, I've been keeping an eye on this for a while now it's asterix and obelix slap mm-hmm. them all yep uh and so i know that you're probably way familiar with this series than i am but i am familiar with it just seeing it in like pop culture and other things like that over the years uh but i'll tell you a little bit about it it says it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up that takes players to gaul in the year 50 bc and challenges them to help asterix and obelix defeat roman invaders in multiple in-game locations um it I guess it has a co-op as well as single-player support, so that's kind of cool. So uh, yep. couch co-op there, um, and it has two gameplay modes. But man, I'll say the the uh, the hand-drawn art looks amazing. Like the art style looks really, really good. It looks a lot like a a um, a cartoon come to life. It, I have to say they did did a really yeah. good job on that. Uh, or what can you tell me about? this series though graham so i've only played a few of the games but um if you don't know asterix asterix and obelix is a it's originally a french comic um like comic series for kids um or young young people um and um 
yeah, basically the whole idea is the Roman Empire is, you know, taking over most of the world at this point, or most of Europe anyway. Um, the only places they haven't really dominated, I think they've, they've kind of invading England and stuff, but the one place they can't seem to overthrow is part of France, which is known as Gaul back in the day. Um, and it's all down to this one little village um, where these these people live. Like It's like a nice little sort of French village and they've got like a wizard person there and stuff. They've got Asterix and Obelix and Obelix is a big fat dude and Asterix is like a little dude but they have this special potion in the village that they drink and it makes them really fast and really strong um so every time the romans try to evade they just drink a bit of potion and they just beat them all up it's great uh, it's just it's a bit of fun bit of fun silly stuff um uh for, like uh yeah it's, it's quite it's quite funny um also let's bring up the trailer for the game so we can have that in the background um but yeah it, it's a franchise that's been going on for a year like i think it's back in like nine oh actually i was about to say something but i'm not sure if it's true but it's, it's been going a long time i think like 70s or 60s or something it was hmm. first released in france um there are the games have been going out for a while like um i've got a game on the mega drive um which is genuinely one of the hardest games i've ever played um the first i think the first two or three levels i can do and then i get to like the fourth level and i literally can't do it because the game is time it's like you have to find certain objects on the level. It's like a platform beating them up. So you have a health bar and you have to find certain things. But there's also a time limit to get to the end of the level. And this one level I literally could never do. Like for years and years and years, never beat it. So yeah, um, but they're fun. They're fun games. Um, and like the comedy in, the, in them are, is really good. And the comic series is really good. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. And because Obelix is like a big dude, he just like often just picks people up and just slaps them around and stuff. Um <laughs> Asterix tends to be a bit quicker, but it's also quite strong as well. Uh, it's just fun. Yeah. Uh, just fun silliness, you know, beating up beating up the the Romans. <laughs> yeah, I love little beat-em-ups like this. These are some of my favorite types of games, you know. It's it's really fun. It's something mm. that uh, I could probably sit down and play with Odin. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely going to pick this up. Uh, it's, awesome. It's, it's, like I said, but, uh, man, there's a physical version. Ooh. So I'm going to have to see if I can maybe get, get in on that. I don't know. Nice. We'll see. Sounds so, good. Um, and then I just realized I forgot to put the PC releases on here. So I think these are last week's releases. So, no. okay. you know, it's fine. There was nothing important on PC anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll probably, I'll probably get people yelling at me about that one. Uh, uh, there's plenty of good PC stuff out there. Just, there's probably a lot, isn't there? There's going to be like hundreds. So. Probably. There's probably some good stuff there, too. Yeah. Um, but let's. there's some even uh, more interesting news to talk about right now because people are okay. really pissed off graham have you heard about i have uh but before how, how mad nope i was gonna say before we do, do that let, let's do the intro yeah. now yes sorry sorry about that yeah maybe i should have done the intro before we did the the week weekly releases but yes chris you're right um there is some hot news out there do you want to introduce it I don't know how hot it is, uh, but hot. people are apparently really, not really mad, but medium mad, maybe uh, lukewarm mad, not hot mad. But anyway, Steve Aoki's concert, uh, his birthday concert in, in cello. I, I don't know what it was. It was like in recognition of Sonic's 30th anniversary. I have no idea what was going on there, but uh, yeah, people were not happy with that. Uh, did you not. get a chance to watch it, Graham? I did. Shall I bring up the videos? I have to have that playing in the background. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll turn the I'll turn the audio off for, for now. Yeah, uh, because well, the audio will get us copyright strike. Oh, oh yeah, well, maybe we can turn it on for like five seconds at one point. But yeah, um, I don't know if anyone cares to listen to it. They'll they know where to go. Go to YouTube. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know where to go. It's on the Sonic. It. It's on the official Sonic the Hedgehog YouTube channel and probably the Sega one as well. Um, but yeah, it's Chris. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So basically, you know, this has been hyped up for a little bit, and uh, so people were really expecting some some cool collaborations, maybe some new Sonic tunes and things like that. But apparently what they got was like mostly all of his music and just like one or two songs. Uh, I, I know that people were really upset about it, uh, but oh, Graham, yeah. you watched the whole thing. So I'll throw it your way. Like, tell me more about it and tell me what you thought. Of, okay. Uh, this whole, whole so thing. yeah, if, if you, if you don't know what it is, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Sega um, partnered with uh, Steve uh, Aoki, uh, who's a, who's a top DJ um, in the world. And um, they did a virtual concert. And the whole idea is, yeah, he's like playing on like a green screen, I guess. And it got like a Sonic the Hedgehog um, themed arena around him, like Green Hill Zone. And I think a couple of other zones sort of pop up along the way. And the whole idea is you can sort of move your camera around. If you're on a phone, you can look around with your phone and stuff. Although you can only view left and right and up and down, basically. If you look behind you, it's it's just turns to a Steve Aoki um, black screen, basically. Um, but yeah, and basically he's DJing on like a big virtual DJ deck thing. And you see Sonic and some of the other characters like popping up, dancing around. There's Sonic over there, just dancing. Bunches to the side. And yeah, Steve Aoki's basically like a, like going one, two, three, and like sort of like the beats dropping and stuff. And it's very hardcore dance music, pretty much. Um not Sonic the Hedgehog music though. There's one track, I think, which ties in with Sonic the Hedgehog, and the rest, no. They're just his his music. And if, if you're a fan of him, awesome. But that's not the concert for this. You know, if this is meant to be in celebration of Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th birthday, and it just wasn't. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very tempted just to bring up the music just for very briefly for five seconds, Chris. Do you want, do you want me to do that? No, it's no? fine. No? Okay, fine. Uh, okay, oh, go, okay go, to, go, go and watch it on the video. But it's very much just beat, beat music, and it's just... I I like dance music. I'll say this. I actually like dance music. This this type of dance music I'm not a huge fan of, but if it's in the right situation, awesome. Perfect. If I'm out clubbing, I'd be up for this. Watching a Sonic the Hedgehog thing, no, not at all. Um, it just wasn't. Did you watch all of it, Chris, or did you watch any of it? Or I watched uh, probably about twenty-five to thirty minutes of it okay. uh, before I was like, okay, let me skip to like the last five minutes and see. Yeah, I, I ended. Um, I won't I lie. I did this. something similar. I didn't. I did not sit down for the full hour and just watch it back to back. I watched chunks and skipped a little bit and watched a bit more and so i probably watched about 30 minutes 40 minutes maybe at the most what i did do though is i watched the behind the scenes video that they put out did you get a chance to see that i did not um but can i can i just guess what is he literally in front of a green screen and just jumping up and down and stuff or so is, is the way they have it, well let me tell you because okay. it it's actually i was wondering the same thing and that behind the scenes video shows exactly how they do it. And it seems like it's actually a pretty uh, technical, you know, setup that they have. It's not just him sitting in front of a green screen and everything the way that they are doing it. The reason why when you scroll to the left or the right, that it's all black is because literally like it's just one side of like a where it looks like a warehouse building. That's basically all green. And then okay. he has another big table. That's another green table that he's standing behind, which is like his DJ table or whatever. Um, and 
I think from that standpoint, it was really cool. And I hope Sega continues to do something with this set because there's something there. Like that could totally be really cool. Could you imagine if they did some sort of like, you know, like maybe for future Sonic panels or something like that, they could have this as a, like a set that people could watch or something like that is really cool. So I hope that they, this is not just like a one-off thing and they're done with this because it would be really neat. And it would be sad that all of this cool stuff got, you know, not, I don't want to say wasted, but was only used for this one, one, um, yeah. I guess concert, if you want to call it that, but um, yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, I thought his music was fine. Like you said, if you were at a club or whatever, which I would never be in, but um, <laughs> it was okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how also Sega, uh, like what was the communication and how, how did fans get this expectation? Was it merely just because it was like, Hey, Stevie Oki's coming for his celebrate his birthday and having the Sonic 30th celebration or were they like tuned in for all these sonic tunes with steve aoki i don't know yeah i, I, th I feel like i feel pissed. i feel like the way it's communicated was um stevie aoki is going to be doing a virtual concert for sonic the hedgehog's 30th birthday basically that that was the way they kind of from what i from what i saw i think that's what they communicated i don't know if they did more communication than that but right. the one i saw was something very along those lines which they didn't necessarily say this is sonic the hedgehog movie the music played by steve aoki but it was like Steve Eric is doing a virtual concert for Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th birthday, which in your head you might think, well, if, I think what, what fans thought and what's what I thought was awesome. He's going to do some cool virtual concert around Sonic the Hedgehog music. He's a, he's a DJ, does music stuff. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog's famous for having amazing music. Like, regardless of what you think of the games, with video games, it's always had great music. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, wow. I mean, power to the man of just like sort of basically DJing in front of nobody going, yeah, one, two, three, and like jumping up and down, pumping the crowd up because there's no one there. <laughs> well, he talked about that too in that video because he was saying how um, he talked about that because it's, it's way different than being in it in front of people because you're obviously having to be excited and, you know, like, you know, be part of, you know, do all the DJ stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. he was saying that he's had to learn uh, to to kind of develop that whole thing because he's doing he started doing that himself once like you know lockdown and all that stuff happened mm. and so it's kind of interesting to see that because um, that was one thing I was wondering is like he just like in a green screen by himself just up there dancing in a room <laughs> by himself yeah for like um, an hour so. just yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I here's the thing because um, like they had the Sonic the Hedgehog um, concert symphony orchestra um, not that long ago earlier this year like a few months ago. Like this would have been cool for that because that was beautiful. And they had they had the big screen behind it, sort of showing gameplay of like some of the games. But imagine if they had that, but you're in this virtual world running through a Sonic the Hedgehog themed world or something. I mean, there's a bit more effort in that, but that would be cool because at the start of this, you you do come on almost running towards Steve Aoki as Sonic, and imagine, but like imagine that to the actual symphony orchestra music, which was beautiful and so well done. Um, and fans loved that because it was Sonic the Hedgehog music. It was played a bit differently. It didn't sound quite like the original video games, but it was so well done and lovely. And this was just not. <laughs> that's, all I can, that's all I can say. I like, guess you can't, uh, you know, knock them all out apart. So. Yeah, true. Um, did you um, like? Did you have any thoughts yourself, or did you want to look at uh, some of the the comments? Doesn't matter. Um, I was I was thinking, but we can just keep going on if you want. 
Uh, say, why say that again? Sorry. I was saying I we cannot bother going to the comments. Oh, I, th- I thought that was that was the fun thing to do. Okay, all right. Let's do let's do the comments. I, okay. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to because I think I think okay. it's it's good to look at this because this isn't just us sort of saying oh this was shit because we it was a lot of the Sonic fans were sort of going into it and like um, a lot of the comments were like really negative um, um, so like some of them are actually pretty harsh I don't know if we should read out all the harsh ones but um, you can read that, out a few I okay say, I mean, like I don't think anything is listed in here that's like yeah saying memes overly like hateful things i don't think okay well, okay here's here's one um steve aoki's sonic concert manages to dethrone sonic chronicles as the worst ranking sonic associated soundtrack ever um another one says <laughs> do not support this concert steve aoki supports and sells nfts uh it is clear that sega is only doing this for the money unless it's proven unless it's proven that this concert is re- is removed from nfts do not support it okay um yeah fine um, you all owe us, our Sonic fans, a formal apology for the Steve Aoki concert to go against your own mascot's mor- morals and to brand this with his 30th anniversary as a joke. Uh, instead of ignoring this backlash, please approach it professionally. Um, there's, there's, this goes on and on. And there were some that I actually saw on the YouTube um, video, which uh, made me actually made me laugh. Um, one of them, which was... Um, <laughs> Imagine expecting Sonic music at a Sonic concert. Which is like, um, yeah, and like this feels like a fever dream in all the worst ways. How could they go from the outstanding 30th anniversary symphony to whatever this is meant to be is beyond me. Um, yeah. I'll say the best one that I, I saw today, though, was uh, it's from a Sonic, I, guess, I think, parody account. It's this at Sonic News Now. And it says Sega issues apology for quality of Aoki's virtual concert. It was his birthday, and we owed him a favor. We didn't really want to do this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, uh, uh, so just one, one more. Man, I love all the Sonic music that isn't here. Thanks a lot, NFT man. So, yeah, that's just. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I, th- I think I think Sega's totally missed the mark on this one. You know, that's it's clearly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just assume Steve Aoki is like that popular that he can play his own music, and we can just, you know. I just think that I think that they thought it was just a fun thing, and I think yeah. like every time they do everything, fans get their expectations out of you know. I I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily happening with this case, but he probably should have put some more Sonic stuff in there. Sure. If it, is this really something to get mad about? I, I yeah okay so there's this, there's the one thing around the nft stuff which we, we won't go into necessary now but yeah i can understand why some people are very against nfts um i'm not a big fan of them myself for various reasons but um you know they're actually just being proven that nfts are actually really bad for the environment and stuff which uh, people have sort of said that sonic the hedgehog was a character that was created to be sort of be pro environment and stuff like robotics, like this evil person making everything into industrial, like, you know, robots and stuff, Sonic saving them, making it more natural. That's just what so they're saying. Like Stevie Oki is like Robotnik. He's ba- he is basically literally Robotnik. <laughs> we have promoted Robotnik. Robotnik. That's what, that's what's happened here with Sonic. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, there's, there's other stuff around NFTs as well, which is why they're quite controversial. But there's that side of things, but then there's also this, the side of, you know, 
there's the expectations, but I think the expectations are valid in this point. Don't, don't you agree with that? Um, or do you do you think people have just blown this out of proportion, Chris? Well, like I said, though, it's like I, it's hard for me to to comment on that because I need I I would need to go back and look at how Sega uh, communicated it uh, without knowing. I, I I wish I had that in front of me, but. Without knowing that, I, it's hard for me to say because like I don't want to criticize them if if they didn't, you know, communicate or or make it seem like it was going to be an hour long video of Steve Aoki playing Sonic tunes, celebrating his birthday in conjunction with Sonic's thirtieth anniversary. You know, like I don't know how that was, but if they did, then yeah. You know, okay, here, here's here's just one of the tweets they put out. This is from the Sonic the Hedgehog official account. It says, next week, at Steve Aoki, we'll be jumping into Sonic's world for a musical performance unlike anything you've seen before. See you then. And it's got like a... Uh, they didn't lie. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't lie. They, that's, that's true. But I still feel like saying Steve Aoki's jumping into Sonic worlds, uh, you kind of get the impression that he will be giving a performance to more related to Sonic. He's going to give a musical performance unlike anything you've seen before. He gave a <laughs> musical performance. He jumped in Sonic's universe and it was unlike anything we saw before. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, you, you it's 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 technically they haven't lied, um but yeah, I think I think it's it's easy to understand. Okay, I can't really find any other I will say this. It, I've been on the other side of this where you put out as you're you're working marketing and doing press releases stuff like this. You put out messaging or whatever and Fans will take whatever or your readers, your followers, your haters are just going to spin whatever it is and it's going to get mad about it. Um, I, I don't I don't know, man, if, if that that's right there, if, if that's what they put out, I would say there's no reason why people should be getting upset over this. <laughs> there's See, no I, reason. I, OK, here's the thing. From, if they were trying to sue Sega, they wouldn't stand a chance like because that what they put out there is literally what happened. But I do, I do believe there's a legitimate reason why people would be annoyed about something. As I say, Sonic the Hedgehog is is grounded in a lot of its music. They have that they've had concerts in the past which have been amazing, all about Sonic the Hedgehog music. So it's not a massive stretch for fans to think this DJ is going to be playing Sonic the Hedgehog music. Basically, like even if he did like a few of his it, it didn't, didn't it didn't say that. You are correct, but I still think. It's not a big leap to imagine that people would would think, oh, it's going to be Sonic the Hedgehog music. It's a Sonic the Hedgehog like virtual concert. Why wouldn't they play Sonic? It's almost like why wouldn't they play Sonic the Hedgehog music? That's the question there. Like he did it, play, so he played, he played one, and it was, I think it was even like a proper one. He like mixed it in with his, and it wasn't it wasn't very obvious. I think at he first. said he remixed it, but he also <laughs> said if you watch that. Um, if you watch the behind the scenes thing, he says he remixed that because that was his favorite track from, I guess, the original Sonic game that he played. And Sonic one was his like favorite, uh, you know, Sonic game growing up. And so that was the reason why he played it. I'm not sitting here trying to defend him. I literally, <laughs> I've never ever heard of this person okay. before. Uh, and this is the first time I've seen the guy. So I have no idea who he is. If he's an MC's, I find you can criticize them for that. I, that's the whole separate. That's a whole separate thing. And if Sega, if you want to criticize Sega for uh, for being involved with NFTs or or marketing and being involved with someone who's involved with NFTs, then that's another thing as well. But I think if you're talking about did Sega miscommunicate and set up fans' expectations for the show, and now fans are all pissed off and and they're uh, uh, you know 
right in being upset. I, I disagree with that. One. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's, okay, we'll, we'll put that out to our audience. Let us know what you think. Um, like, do you think people are right to be pissed off about this? Or is it just... All you Sonic fans are wrong. Steve <laughs> Aoki fans unite. <laughs> That's Come it, Chris. On. I want you to start the fan club. Next week, you better have the Steve Aoki... Steve Aoki nerds going up. That's what we need to have. <laughs> I'm going to... Man, like I'm gonna create like a Steve Chan or something, or <laughs> some sort of Sonic combination that will yeah. really piss people off. Try and figure out how I can do that. Oh wow. Okay. So. Well, let's move on then. Let's move on from that because, uh, yeah, that that happened though. That was a thing that happened this it week. Um, in other news, um, this is this is the big news. This is the biggest news of the week. Let's 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 just get it out there. So this is amazing. This is massive. I think this is going to change the world of gaming, and it's the one thing that Chris Powell doesn't want. That's right, the Polymega, the awesome uh, gaming system that no one can get hold of, pretty much, um, other than you know people who get hold of PS5s and Xboxes. Anyway, um, the Polymega, which is, if you don't know about it, it's a system that can basically emulate most old retro gaming systems, so like you know Mega Drive, Sega Saturn. It's one of the it's the only basically only sort of console that can actually do that. Um, PlayStation, other things, it can do lots of stuff. They're releasing an N64 module so that you can then play N64 games on the Polymega. What? Yes, I'm so excited for this. Chris, what is your reaction, buddy? I know you're gonna think I'm gonna crap on this. And <laughs> if it were any other Nintendo 64 related thing, I would probably crap on it. <laughs> Uh, but I'm not, and here's oh. why. Uh, the reason why I I I don't like a lot of of these cartridge based emulation systems is because they basically play the same crap. It's not and not, not crap, but they play the same games. Like you look at uh, all the 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 stuff from At Games, which I know that is a whole separate quality thing. But I've got so many different things from the the Retro Freak to the Mega SG, mm-hmm. uh, and so many others, and they all play the same stuff. So all the modules for the Polymega, I've not been, the cartridge modules, I I don't care about those. I've not bought okay. one of them hmm. at all. Okay, None of them. I bought the Polymega, and I bought the base unit, and I bought the base unit for one specific reason, and that's because it can play optical games. I can play my CD-based games in there. No other system... Uh, you know, commercial system, and I know people are out there going to start talking about misters and you know other other things. I get that, and those are cool, and I'll probably jump into that stuff eventually. But what I want now is something easy, plug and play. I can put it in my uh, entertainment center, and I can plug it in, and it plays my old games very easily. So that's what the Polymega does. Now, the reason why I'm not going to crap on this, Graham is because for the first time now, one of these systems has Nintendo 64 cartridge support. None of that stuff has happened uh, up until this point, I I believe. I don't think the Mm -hmm. Retro Freak has any of that. Uh, I I don't think there's really any other Mm -hmm. one. So this is something new that they're offering. I'm going to actually buy this program. When they... they, That's the thing. Check this out. Who would have imagined the the Nintendo 64 module will be the first one that i buy for the polymega but um, (laughs) yeah i i don't care about the other ones i'm not going to buy any other modules at least if i buy them i'm just going to get them to to put in a box and put on a shelf or something but i 
because honestly, like if I want to play my Genesis, I have a Mega SG right there that can can play it. You know, so <laughs> if I want to get like the best, I have that. Uh, and then I have a retro freak that can do the other stuff. So I, I don't really need to pull my games off the shelf and you know and and plug in another module and do all that crap. Um, I don't need that. Uh, but I will say the Polymega is so awesome, man. Uh, it's the it's very slick. I've I've still been playing with a little bit. I haven't dug in too much yet because, like I said, I just got off the uh, the Thanksgiving uh, you know holidays. And I'm still trying to get caught up with all the work I was uh, behind on. So I'm hoping once this week's over, I can really dig into the Polymega because we are planning to do a new column in the next issue of Mega Visions uh, called Hardwired. I'll talk a little bit about it, uh, where we basically plan on featuring more like hardware, uh, um, peripherals, and things like that. And the Polymega is going to be one of the things we're going to feature in this next issue. And I'm really excited about it uh, to just be able to dig in. I will say I've loaded up a few Sega CD games and Saturn games and it is it's so smooth the process you literally just put it in it takes a few seconds to load and it has a database that is so extensive and it brings up all the information about the game and screens uh all of it it's great how so, so yeah how is the saturn because i think that this is the big thing for for some fans like me the sega saturn is is very hard to emulate um, there are some emulations on on PC which do work. I've, I've I've played with some of them, but very rarely do they be able to play all games and stuff. So, like, how is the emulation being for this? Is it is it actually good? Is it smooth? Is, does it feel like you're playing on an emulator? Or does it feel like playing on the Saturn? It definitely doesn't feel like you're playing on an emulator. It feels smooth and it feels good. I haven't played any any games that are like really fast paced that I feel like I I would be able to tell yet. I've been playing mostly RPGs. Uh, and things like that that I haven't been able to to play for a long time, um, and some of them are actually cool because uh, I I, we've, I think we've talked about uh, I think it's Cliff's Repair Corner I believe his name on Twitter, but he makes these really great um, uh, I don't want to say burned discs because they're they're not that, but they're uh, repros. I'm sorry, uh, okay. he makes great reproduction uh, um, discs. Uh, for Saturn and C Sega CD and all these other ones. And I have a few of his uh, releases that he's done over the years, and I put those in, and they work perfectly. And so, yeah, so it can play... Wow. It can play, like, Burn Saturn and Sega CD discs as well. So. There we go. <laughs> so no, you, thought, a... you thought you were going to get me. You thought I was going to be mad. But you know what? I'm in the holiday spirit. We got Christmas coming, Graham. Ooh. I'm happy. And you know what? I'm not going to be a Scrooge this year. Okay. I've, we've actually got a question in the Twitch chat, which I think, Chris, you might be able to answer. So uh, Pocketful of Games has asked, can you go into a bit of detail as to why you think it's worth the 450 US dollar price tag, considering it's not FPGA? What are we buying here exactly? I actually don't know what FPGA fpga means actually uh, it's like <clears throat> was it field programming array um i, I can't remember oh, field is, programmable but... gate array okay yeah right um so that's I, I i can't just rattle off the the definition for what that is um offhand um i'm too stupid for that but that was so they were i think originally touting that it was going to be fpga so that is what graham is 
essentially what could create what most would consider would be the um, a very accurate emulation for these games. Um, okay. And it would probably create um, something that uh, would be the most uh, compatible uh, and have the best compatibility if you're going to build something like that. The problem is it's building FPGA cores uh, is very time-consuming and expensive from what I understand uh, and hard to do. And so what they ended up doing is they started saying something that there was going to be like hybrid emulation is what they called it. Like they were going to create uh, part of the game or something was going to be emulated. And at this point, I think it's, it's all uh, emulation, but they went and actually uh, we talked about, uh, uh, was it Steve snake earlier? Uh, I, from what I understand that they worked with him and he created a custom Kega, uh, emulation or emulator for the Polymega. Uh, okay. And so it does have a custom build for that uh, and it's going to have um, some, I guess, I, I'm not someone who can tell you like how great the emulation is. I can't jump into that stuff. I, I don't know that stuff, but uh, I can say just from playing it and as someone who's experienced it, um, I think it's a very quality system. I, t I interviewed uh, Brian uh, Bernthal at E3 uh, was it like 2017 or 2018. I played it there. I played it way before the Polymega was ever released, uh, and I was I was very impressed with it back then. I think hmm. that it, it was originally called the Retro Blocks, I believe. Uh, that is, I, I will admit was it 450? What's the price on this again? Uh, so yeah, I think the base unit is about four hundred and fifty dollars American dollars. Yeah, damn, I mean, um, that is expensive. I, I thought I bought it for like three hundred when you, it was originally. Yeah, I think I think they did have a discount at one point, and then the, then the modules on top are an extra cost. But the base unit yeah. comes with the CD thing. So yeah, I think one thing to to highlight as well is that um, the 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 system can actually you can download and save your games directly to the system, so you don't have to keep getting your discs out and cartridges out and stuff like that. Um, it's been designed as it's modular. You can, they're going to release other adapters for it, so you can play all sorts of things. Like for example, right now you have got the the NES, the SNES, the Genesis 32X, which is something that's not been done before in these emulation machines. Turbo Graphics 16, PC Engine, Mega CD, Sega Saturn, PlayStation One's on there, isn't it as well, Chris? I believe. Uh, or is that not? Uh, I have to check on that. I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure. And it can be updated. I think it, so. But Maybe. And the idea is you can be updated as well, can't it? So you can get, do firmware updates yeah. and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So as as like you know PlayStation or Saturn emulation gets more advanced, they they can update it, update the system like that. Um, so yeah, it's actually kind of I think that's the beauty of it. It's it, it's it's a system that can sort of, it can in theory emulate pretty much all the old retro machines, which has not been really happened before. It is expensive. It's very hard to get hold of. So I've I ordered one a while ago. I haven't got it yet. So that's like over a year ago, I think it was. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think the system is going to replace uh, any devices that the, like the ultra hardcore, uh, you know, people in the emulation scene and like to use, you know, those type of things. Mm. I don't think this is that system, but what I think the system does really well. And I think the potential for this system is, to potentially be a um like a a very mass market way for uh people to play retro games on their their home 
TVs, entertainment you know systems, mm. and you can put it in. You plug it, plug it in HDMI. You put in your Wi-Fi, and you can update it that way. It's just it it's it's a pretty well built system. I'll say that. I know that there uh, there's some issues. I think some people have have been reporting some incompatibility stuff. Okay. So there is a, an incompatibility list um, going. Um, but I got a, a firmware update just a few, like a week or two ago. So they're still, you know, even though that they're slowly shipping uh, uh, orders, they're still seemingly, you know, working on the the back end of the uh, the system itself okay. and, and coming out with new new releases um, on so the firmware. One other question from Pocketful of Games is, as someone who owns over 11,000 games, do you believe the Polymega will be right for someone like me? Or is it someone who does not have the actual games and can just download them instead? Um, I okay, so I don't own one. I haven't. I haven't actually played one. I'd be half fun about that. I want to get one because because I own a lot of the games. I don't have eleven thousand games, but I've got a lot of these games. I want to have a system that I can have one system under my TV and not have to keep you know changing wires or you know getting lots of controllers out and stuff because yeah, it gets a bit crazy especially when you've got you know the more modern systems as well next to it um i I, that's that's why i'd want it um not not because i don't own the games but because i do own the games i want to keep playing them and i don't i get Mm -hmm. fed up of you know putting out you know like i've only got so many sockets on the back of my tv also it's getting harder with some of the old retro consoles to actually link up and then if i want to do a stream for example it's using hdmi so i can easily just plug that into my thing rather than having three adapters plugged into my um you know my um streaming box basically so for me that's what i'd say chris is it would you add anything to that would you disagree yeah yeah i would say that this is a system that uh for me i would say yes because i own a lot of games it makes it more attractive for me because like i said i have all these you know sega cd and saturn games that i'll be honest like i it's a pain in the ass to dig out my saturn find all my cables because i've got bins and bins of of just cables that are put in like little baggies and stuff so it's just a pain in the ass to sort through it all and so i don't want to have to do that every time i want to play a saturn game um but what i think this is great for too is just that if you want to have your saturn and those uh and and all that stuff set up in maybe your game room or something that's great you could do that but what you could also do is put the polymega in your living room and so if you want to play those games like in your living room or whatever, you could have that set up. I think it's just a way it just makes a better uh, entry point to be able to play your games. Um, and it just makes it a lot easier. It, yeah, it's expensive. Um, but if you've got the money, I mean, shit, if you got 11,000, uh, if you got 11,000 retro games, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could probably swing uh, a Polymega. Yeah, it's, uh, that's that's a very impressive collection as well, actually. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whatever. Um, we are Mega Visions. You can find us on all the social medias, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Anything else, Chris? Where else is there? We've got a website. We've got a website. We do news. We've got lots of great news content that comes out every day, mostly covering some sort of Sega stuff, but also indie, indie games and stuff and other bits of big gaming news out there. So... Chris, yeah, no, the web team's killing it. They're they're doing a really good job. So uh yeah, we we've been publishing news every single day. So go check it out. There was a, a new feature that went out today. It's uh, five characters that we think should be added in the Warner Brothers upcoming uh, multiverse fighting game. So 
I, mm. that was a great one. So check that out and uh, just people, all the other stuff that we got there on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Cheers, everybody. Honey, I got to tell you about this sandwich.